The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. We'll turn our attention now, though, to COP28, where a deal was finally hammered out. Here is the Green Party leader, Eamon Ryan, speaking about it on News Talk Breakfast this morning. And it's not just a signal and the start of the end of fossil fuels. It's also the start of a new renewable and efficient and more just energy and economic future is the potential. And we have to deliver it. But this helps. This helps give clear signal to the financial world where I was very involved in, in the negotiations. You need to stop financing fossil and you need to switch to the clean. That was Eamon Ryan, the leader of the Green Party, speaking this morning on News Talk uh, Breakfast. Uh, joining me now is Chair of the Climate Change Advisory Council, uh, Mary Donnelly. Uh, Mary, you're welcome to the show. Um, I mean, uh, Eamon Ryan delighted he got a deal over the line. Plenty of backstopping happening in the UAE. What is your take on it, though? Because there is some criticism of this deal and the language in it from some quarters. Well, yes, Karen. Well, the first thing I think we, we have to acknowledge is that COP28 was an occasion for a very real and overt attempt by the fossil fuel industry to derail COP and to derail the consensus that exists across the world in terms of taking action to fight climate change. Uh, we saw that, for example, you know, with the letter that came from OPEC, we saw it with the language, the technology. Uh, options introduced into the language and we saw it on Monday when, when the first draft uh, came out and was so widely rejected. Uh, I think it's, it's a real success for science and the acknowledgement of science. It's a success for those countries who stood up and said we're walking if we don't get a, a proper deal and I think in the end of the day it's a success for, for the world that we have at least got a deal there, warts and all, not perfect, but we have a deal mm. that makes it clear that we are going to end the use of fossil fuels. What, what are the warts? Well, the warts are, of course, that uh, first of all, the, the, the agreement isn't binding. And secondly, of course, there are no sanctions on failure to adhere to the, agree, to the deal. Uh, so that's obviously a limitation. I think it's also fair to say that the timelines aren't in and probably not sufficiently precise. You know, we're talking about transitioning away from fossil fuels. When, by how much and how fast? Not in the text at this stage. That's for each country to go back and look at their own situation and identify what is uh, their plan in terms of achieving that. So those are the kinds of things that are in the agreement, but that we'll, you know, come back to mm-hmm. in COP29 and, and other, other occasions. So this is the, the, the 28th uh, iteration uh, of COP. What is your sense of of whether this agreement will herald change? Well, it's the eighth COP, and it is the first time that fossil fuels are mentioned in the conclusions. It's taken 28 cycles of COP to get there. And we all know that the main problem in terms of greenhouse gas emissions is coming from fossil fuels. It's coming from oil, it's coming from gas, it's coming from coal. So in that sense... It has taken us a long time to get here. But of course, you know, we're up against very significant forces in understanding, in their understanding, that we absolutely need to find an alternative way forward. And that's why, you know, as mentioned earlier on there, the deal does include, for example, a trebling of renewable energy, a doubling of energy efficiency, Mm. a 75% cut in methane from fossil flaring. It has a loss of damage uh, 
agreement in it. So there are very useful and very important positives in the text. Yeah. Uh, and obviously it is time that will tell whether it works. All right. Well, you might stay with us, Mary. Kevin McPartland is on the line as well, the CEO of Fuels for Ireland. Kevin, what's your take on this deal? I find I find it strange that I'm probably a little bit less impressed by it than than Mary Donnelly is because I I think I think we left a lot on the table. I, look, I think the starting point for this is you had you had a cough that the president of which said that was there was no scientific basis for the phasing out of fossil fuels, which is absurd, you know. And I, and I still can't get past that. And so yes, Mary's right, of course, that we, you know it is the first time that fossil fuels have been called out and named specifically in the conclusions of, of, of COP. But I mean, I think it's it's kind of if that if that's the measure of success, I'm not sure uh, that we're that we're being um, being ambitious enough. What, what what we need to look at now is how we're actually going to deliver this, and and we need to take, in my opinion, uh, a, a, a technologically neutral approach. Fossil fuels are on the way out. We are phasing out fossil fuels, and and I heard Evan Ryan in the clip earlier on say that you know it's the beginning of the end of fossil fuels. Well, actually, that that began quite a while ago. You know, we we have biofuels in the in the petrol and diesel that we're selling today. In fact, when we doubled the amount of biofuel that was uh, uh, blended into petrol earlier on this year, we actually um, created a, a greater carbon emission savings than all of the EVs on the road at the moment. That's not to say we don't need EVs. Of course we do. You know, Fields for Island members uh, have, have put EV charging on more forecourts than in any other member state in Europe. So we're too, totally committed to that and we want to do more. We're very frustrated actually by the pace in which we can actually get connections to those. But what I'm saying is we need to adopt all of the approaches rather than cherry pick. And if, we, if we're serious about actually, you know, reducing emissions by 4 to 3% by 2030, we can't just keep doing the things that have failed Ireland in meeting it, our own uh, targets up until now. Uh, Mary, I mean, the, 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 the criticism uh, of some to this agreement and to others um, is kind of consistent and, it, and it's that non-binding uh, nature of it that, that, that uh, you mentioned as well previously and the fact that when everybody goes home there's nothing actually stopping the big petrol states doing what they've always done. At the same time, it's kind of, it, it's unimaginable really that you would get 193 kind of representatives from 193 countries into a room and that they would agree to legally bind themselves to the one document. I mean, is there, what I'm getting at is, is there a better forum for change than COP or is this just the best we can do and we've got to make do with, with the best we can? Well, COP, of course, it's, it's under the auspices of the United Nations and really that's the only global convener that we currently have. I think where it becomes much more realistic is when you go back at a, at a regional level. And of course, the European Union would be to the fore in that context, where we have all of the member states committing to legislation, which is binding on all and each of, our, of us in terms of the emissions reduction. Uh, Europe is to the fore in that. And I think it's very important that uh, a region, uh, an economically developed region like Europe, takes that stance, puts it into legislation, but equally delivers on the ground and shows the rest of the world that, yes, we can wean ourselves off fossil fuels. Mary, can I, and sorry to, sorry to cut across you, but what, what is COP for if Europe is kind of streaking ahead of it in terms of commitments? The petrol states can just ignore it if they don't like it. 
no, I don't think you can say that the petrol states will ignore this because this is a very clear message and we will use various instruments in terms of achieving the objectives. So one, for example, is the whole question of finance. Uh, and I think this is a really important area to call out the financial sector. I remember in, in COP26 in Glasgow, where we celebrated a wonderful agreement on finance and by the COP27, it had fallen apart. This is something that we cannot let go. Uh, the financial institutions, they're global, they're pan-national. So we can't just have it happen in one country or indeed in one region. The message to the financial sector is now very clear. Investing in further exploration of oil or gas is no longer acceptable. And we need transparency of where they are, invest are investing their money. And we need to react if we see greenwashing going on. That, for me, is one of the really important okay. conclusions out of this COP. Kevin McPartland, do your members pay much attention to what is happening at COP? I, I think we, we're, we're already going way further. I mean, we, we, we think COP should have gone further and, and we are doing so and we will continue to do so. So we said four years ago that, <coughs> excuse me, that, that fossil fuels could not be the basis of Ireland's energy strategy or of our future business plans, and they are not. The transition has begun, you know, and it, it is already happening. We are already producing um, advanced synthetic and biofuels in Ireland. They're already a major component of the petrol and diesel that we use for transport, and we hope that there will be that the renewable heating obligation, which the government is currently um, uh, developing, will actually allow us to do that in heating also. We're already putting uh, a huge amount of investment into looking at hydrogen, uh, producing hydrogen in Ireland uh, that can be used for transport, can be used for heating, can be used for any number of applications. So we're already ahead. We weren't waiting for, for anything to come from COP, for Fuels for Ireland members to start looking at what they were doing. They've already begun that process. They're already well down the line and they're hungry to do more. Okay. So, so as Mary says, we're kind of waiting on timelines to be published, but you suspect the timelines, whatever they are, and whenever we happen to see them, they will lag behind what our own timelines are in this country. But I think it's because well, Mary's you, right, because you, we're already, we, Europe, Europe is leading the game here. And I, I, if, I'm, if you hear background noise, I'm in Brussels Airport. I'm just coming back from a meeting with other uh, national fuel industry associations. And we were all talking about this today. Uh, we're all, we are already ahead of the game. And when you talk about can, the, can what you describe as the petrol states ignore uh, what's going on in COP, well, who are they going to sell to? You know, they might ignore it. They might not like it. But but if if we are selling less and less fossil fuel and ultimately phasing it out entirely, then who are they going to sell to? They can't ignore it then. Mary, you wanted to jump in there? Yes, I was going to say that, uh, yes, Europe is in the lead. And I have to say that, you know, Ireland, we have set ourselves a very, really, a very strong ambition in terms of our own national legislation. We have put procedures in place. We have... Uh, obviously, we've got our carbon budgets. We've got our uh, climate action plan. We're monitoring that. We're, you know, monitoring each of the sectors now, which each have their own sectoral target. Um, okay, we need to be doing more and doing it faster. But we are doing things, and we're starting to move the dial in terms of emissions coming out in Ireland. And the wonderful thing about Ireland is we have natural resources that allow us to move away from fossil fuels into a decarbonized energy system using our own wind, our own solar, ultimately our own hydrogen coming from offshore wind. Potentially, Ireland can be the first country, the first developed country in the world to phase out fossil fuels completely 
without damaging our society, without damaging our economy and indeed demonstrating to the world how it can be done. Mary Donnelly is chair of the Climate Change Advisory Council and Kevin McPartland is the CEO of Fuels for Ireland. Uh, Kevin and Mary, thank you very, very much uh, for joining us. Uh, not much optimism, it has to be said, on the uh, text line on 87 106 They're living in dreamland, says one listener simply. Another says the petrol states will go to Asia and Africa. The West is on the way down. One more. Well, I hope they all had lovely dinners over a copy because there's as much as will come out of it. Free dinners. And never in a million years, says somebody else, will this ever happen. Everyone just agreed to shut Eamon Ryan and the rest of them and keep them quiet. And Chris says, what a load of rubbish. We've not hit any targets from previous COP. It is just words. I'm not picking out the ones to be uh, intentionally negative. Uh, they are the texts that are coming in. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.